genre. Who the long way round the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one Doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we'll be discussing The Sword of Orion, the Eighth Doctor's third story. Uh, written by Nicholas Briggs, directed by Nicholas Briggs. Post-production oh, cool. by Nicholas Briggs. <laughs> and yeah, he's, a, he's a regular Scott Corelli. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the uh, big finish production story. The, um, the only bit of background I have for this are, it's two things. Uh, so this is the continuing adventures of the Eighth Doctor and Charlie, his new companion, his new big finish companion. Um, and... In the, this story in particular was actually – it's actually an adaptation of a uh, Doctor Who monthly comic book story featuring the Eighth Doctor um, and the Cybermen. And uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. And this is the first time that the Cybermen had appeared in a Big Finish Audio adventure and obviously the first time that the Eighth Doctor had ever gone up against the Cybermen. Uh, when the Eighth Doctor was being played by – actually being played by Paul McGann and not just an illustration of Paul McGann as the Doctor. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I, it's a story that I like quite a bit for being a Cyberman story, which – we're not overly fond of around these parts. Um, we're a Dalek household. Yeah. Well, the Cybermen are just easy, very easy to mess up. Yeah. They're hard I to think. get right. They're hard to get right. They're very easy to make boring. And uh, luckily this one is uh, not those things. I don't think. Is there any news? Really? Any news in the world of Doctor Who? No. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Nick, take it away with Sword of Orion Part 1. If I must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, um, that big dumb dragon from Storm Warning is uh, <laughs> sick. And uh, we open and he's like roaring and stuff. And Charlie's like, oh, Ramsey. And Doctor's like, I'm going to slit that thing open if it doesn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh. Sorry. <laughs> is, it, is that because its name is Ramsey? And <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. So, so the Doctor's like, oh, it's because he's away from the time vortex. And that's what... Um, what is this thing? What 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 what's its species? Can you guys remember? I don't want to keep calling it a dragon. 
Um, it's a Vortazor. A Vortazor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the Vortazors, you know, Vortazors got a Vorts. So like, it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's been away from the Time Vortex for too long. I know a way to get it back to full health. And Charlie's like, are you going to tell me? And Doctor's like, not. So they go to the year 2503. It's in the middle of something called the Orion War. And uh, we come to a ship called the Silver Jackal, which is receiving contact from a patrol ship. Uh, the, a member of the crew named Digley convinces the patrol ship to leave so they can salvage the area. And then he wakes up um, Captain Thine, Thins or Thines? Tines. Tins. Thines, I think. Thines, okay. I don't know. And then somebody picks up on the radar, and it's a Star Destroyer, which is when my ears perked up. Uh, <laughs> and Captain Thines decides to go on board the Star Destroyer and investigate to see if he can pick up anything of worth. So they're kind of... They're kind of... Um, these guys, the crew is really, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time with them. I was kind of, did anyone else get, this is funny because we were having a conversation about this guy off mic, but did anyone else kind of get James Cameron aliens, like space marine vibes from them? I did not personally. Or maybe, or maybe they were more, maybe more of like the Nostromo crew, right? Not the Nostromo. What was the name of the ship in Alien? Yeah, Nostromo. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was the name of the 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 uh, the ship they find. Oh no, Prometheus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Captain Thanes and D- and Digley, they enter the Star Destroyer, and there's like a foul stench. So now we have a foul stench on board a Star Destroyer. Mm. Just saying. Um. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, then something heads towards them and they're killed. They're both- I'm pretty sure the foul stench was on the Death Star, not a Star Destroyer. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Whoa, wait, my, wait. Okay, yeah, never mind. I was going to say, like, were there- was there a Star Destroyer in Star Wars? But yeah, it's like the first thing you ever see. Um, <laughs> so. Right. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so the TARDIS lands in this like cool bazaar. Um, I kind of, I know this isn't right, but I kind of pictured that place that um, that uh, Maisie Williams lived in in Face the Raven. Oh yeah, slash the place in uh, the Beast Below. Like, that was kind of what my mind's eye sort of conjured. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, there's this merchant, but uh, the merchant is like making weird. Kind of like half, half flirty, but also kind of like half like I'm going to eat you and sell you comments towards Charlie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so they have a kind of a comical exchange. She's like, I'm going to go meet up with a doctor who also hasn't found anything. Then they check out another shop and they decide to look around. Um, the doc, they meet, a, <laughs> they meet a shopkeeper whose name is Ike, which I thought was a great name for a Doctor Who character. Alien. I'm Ike. Um, so they say like, Hey, we're customs officers. So, you know, we're going to just, you know, have a look, see, and the doctor comes across a recorder, but not that kind of recorder. Uh, and the doctor and Charlie then see a golden plated Cyberman head in the shop and the doctor immediately recognizes it. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because Cybermen are allergic to gold. 
What? Maybe it's like a war trophy. Why are they allergic oh, to gold? Yeah, they're they just are. Yeah, that's it's their just a weakness. Thing. Yeah, their weakness is gold. Yeah, you haven't seen that because it, it they never do it in the new series, but like in the old series, it's all about all about the Cybermen being allergic to gold. And I don't have we done we haven't done Cybermen in the old show yet, have we? Weirdly, no. I don't think so. Wait, no, we did that that six doctor one. We did Attack of the Cybermen. Oh Cyber yeah, with the hand, yeah. Right, but we but there is no gold involved in that story. I don't think. What a weird. Well, you see, they're silver, so the only thing, and they're all about being the absolute best version of a living thi- living being, of and themselves. so, right, and so, of course, the their one weakness is the one thing that is better than they are, which is gold. <laughs> silver and gold, <laughs> silver and gold. It's it's thematic, you see. Yeah, well, you know those Cybermen—they love thematic irony, right? <laughs> um, that would that would be like if the Daleks were allergic to like. Well, they are allergic to stairs, but like, <laughs> get that away from me! Why? They don't like touching. They don't like touching. They don't like hugs. <laughs> that would be. Wouldn't that be great if one episode just the Doctor just tried to hug it, hug it, hug, hug a Dalek? <laughs> it was like, no, oh, my cold heart. <laughs> the, the Daleks are very cat-like. Yeah, oh, that, maybe that's why I love them so much. Yeah, maybe. They're just maybe big. I just yeah, because I just want to snuggle a Dalek. Right. Mm-hmm. Can, but, even though they don't want to, just like a cat. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it kind of makes you want to do it. It kind of makes you want to hug one more. Right. Just like, shut I, up. You want this? Stop. Love me. <laughs> <laughs> but like with a dog sometimes like you know you know when you're you know when like it's the morning and you're just you're making your coffee and the dog's like hey you boy I love you and you just <laughs> move stop and you're just kind of like moving him away with your foot right yeah yeah <laughs> anyway uh, so so Ike contacts another man named Grash and he's like hey uh, I'm kind of worried about Thines and Digley and the Silver Jackal in general. And Grash is like, I order you to calm down. And Ike's like, I don't know, I'm just worried. And there's these weird individuals that are wandering around my shop. And one of them's Paul McGann. And <laughs> Grash is like, oh, dude from Withnil and I. And he's like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, he's, and then uh, he tells Ike the Captain Oberman has been transferred to the Vanguard. And that the, the, uh, they actually have a new captain that's been brought on board. And he's like, hey, you need to leave the shop and get to the docking bay and meet this new captain because I'm, I'm not going to be alone with like a new person. That's really weird. Um, back in the shop, Charlotte's like, so tell me about the cyber war. Because, you know, the doctor's like, oh, Cyberman head. And then Paul McGann's <laughs> like, well, it was a very long war. <laughs> the Cybermen remained in their tombs. And there they stay. And Charlie's like, hey, where's Ike? And uh, Charlie thinks he's gone off to, like, get the smuggler friends to, like, beat them up. And the doctor's like, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and um, and she's like, well, you did tell him what the TARDIS was and where it is. So, like, maybe he's going to get that. And the doctor's like, oh, man. I think I goofed. <laughs> so, uh, so they take a grab pad. 
And they uh, also take a book of remedies because they're like, well, if he's going to steal something from us, we're going to steal something from him. And uh, <laughs> and there's this really funny line where Charlie's like, oh, doctor, it's stolen. He's like, oh, like we can't know it's stealing. Like, oh, it's probably stolen anyway. I like I like McGann in this episode. Yeah. He's, um, you know, we, we keep referring to him as like the ultimate doctor. Mm hmm. And I think that comes through again. He's just he's just the perfect, you know, it's like um, it's like there is a chemical equation, right, for the doctor, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like he has to be X amount of cheeky, X amount of smooth, X amount of weird, X amount of brash, X amount of egotistical, like all those, you know, things that go in the soup that is doctor that is the doctor. And every one of them is just a little too much this or not enough this. But then, like, McGann, they just weirdly got the recipe, like, just right. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not even my favorite doctor, but I do think he's the ultimate doctor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, mm -hmm. me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, meanwhile, at the docking bay... Uh, there's a man named Vol who contacts the Vanguard captain. The The captain is like, how are the supplies doing? And Vol's like, they're in place, but I have to check them. The captain's like, ah, that would take too long. We're just going to load immediately. And they're like, that's against procedures. And the captain's like, yeah, I'm that kind of captain. So <laughs> strap in. I'm a uh, cool doctor in char I'm a, I'm a cool captain. I'm not like, you. I'm gonna let, if you want to smoke outside, I'm totally going to let you smoke. So uh, the doctor and Charlie get to the grab pads and Charlie's like, this is fun. And they head to the warehouse where the TARDIS is still there. And then they see, but it's being loaded into the Vanguard as cargo. And uh, so they tell, so the doctor tells Charlie that they have to get on board before it takes off. And then uh, Ike gets on board and the captain's name is Captain Jensen. And they're like, oh no, it's Paul McGann and his girlfriend. Go, go, go. And they blast off. <laughs> Paul McCann and his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, it turns out... It's okay. So, the Doctor and Charlie were able to stow away thanks to the sonic screwdriver. And then they're like, well, let's go find my TARDIS. And then um, Charlie feels like a weird vibration on the wall. And he's like, oh, it's from some sort of interstellar drive. The ship's moving hella fast. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's a scrap ship. That's why they're... I wonder why they're in such a hurry. And like they're almost there, but then they hear a weird noise, and they're like, "Oh, hope something's wrong. Hope, hope nothing's wrong with the engines." Meanwhile, on the bridge, an alarm sounds, and they cut the engines off. And then the doctor's like, "Well, we better get off this ship because cut. You know, these guys are not smart. They're cutting off the engines mid thing." So yeah, they pick up something on the radar, and it's the abandoned star destroyer from the cold open. And uh, Jensen's like, go to it. But the engines have been cut off. So he's like, okay, initiate the hyperdrive. And then they're like, you can't keep doing stuff like this. And they cut the engines off. And uh, then Jensen's like, I made a command. And I'm a cool captain, so do what I say. And uh, so finally the Doctor and Charlie come to the TARDIS and they get inside of it. And the Doctor goes back to his console. And he... Uh, Gets a visual, yeah, and there's like a visual transmission to the Vanguard, and so he'll be able to see what they see, you know, like up on the on the bridge of the thing, uh, and then they see the Star Destroyer, 
And he's like, and Charlie's like, oh, doctor, it's moving towards us. And he's like, no, the vanguard is moving towards it. So the doctor <laughs> rushes to the, con- so he's like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And then the TARDIS stops suddenly and he sees that it's been caught in the warp field of the vanguard and they can't travel away. Um, yeah, so the energy dissipated and the TARDIS materialized. It's cold. And Charlie's like, I see, I sense a, I sense a, I sense a foul stench. And they're like, oh, no, a foul stench. That must mean we're in the Star Destroyer. And indeed they are. <laughs> uh, the crew members are having a, well, what are you guys? Okay, so like they're, at this point, we kind of, uh, we kind of know. Okay, so like we meet Chev, who's cool, and Kelsey, who's less cool. Um... So like that's pretty much everyone. What do you guys think of these characters so far? Um. Uh, in the first episode, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think they all sort of have similar voices. Yeah, for the most like, part. I got, one, one is like a little whinier than the others, but that's about it. I got and Chev. one one. What's his name is really angry, but that's about oh, it. I mean, and and boy, does he get angrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so yeah, they're on the Star Destroyer and uh then they hear a weird howling sound. Uh Kelsey finds the TARDIS. It's Kelsey is just not a very Doctor Who name. Yeah. It'd be like if there was like a guy on the TARDIS named like Zach. Well, it's their last names, right? Oh, that's true. Uh, and then uh, Kelsey says, like, oh, someone, someone's headed for us. Like, someone's coming towards us. And then uh, a voice says, destroy. And we all know what that means. And that's the end of part one. So I will say my main problem with this episode and what I think I'm learning about my taste when it comes to these audio adventures mm-hmm. is... Monsters don't really translate well to audio. Mm-hmm. Like when it's just roaring and then a, a character screaming, it's like not as narratively interesting to me as like the scenes where they're ex- where the characters are exploring. Right. I mean, there's a reason that. I I mean you I big finish. The way that they tell stories uh, has done a lot to uh, done a lot in the process of me learning what to do and not to do in oh, sure, Deep by Night. Sure. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. So um, that's yeah an example of what not to do is how this episode ends. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So 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 part two. Um, okay, so part two, um, there's a guy screaming, um, and, uh, Captain, uh, Jensen, she's freaking out, and, um, her crewmates, I guess, um, are responding that, um, Kelsey, uh, is in some sort of trouble and they need backup, so, um, Captain Jensen says that, um, she and, uh, this guy named Vol are going to join them on the ship and 
the doctor and Charlie hear a scream as well, and they go they go and find the TARDIS, and they find um, this. Apparently, he's very mangled and gushy. Um, and the, doc- <laughs> the doctor checks for a pulse, and it sounds really gross. Um, and this guy's bleeding to death, and they don't know like why he's injured. Um, and he's still alive, but very like just barely. Which and- is weird because the visual they create through their dialogue and the sound effects does not make it sound like this dude should still be alive. Yeah. It sounds like uh-huh. he got like smashed to a literal pulp. Or like turned uh-huh. inside out. Yeah. It's not it's not a happy time for this guy. What's no. his name? Like Brian? Uh Kelsey. Yeah, it's, it's like Kelsey. The, it's yeah. the name you didn't like. <laughs> oh, but the okay, the doctor the doctor calls him by his first name because it's like, oh poor poor oh, first name. I think it's Mark or something. Poor Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um so Mark they, Kelsey. He has like a name tag on <laughs> yeah, his spacesuit. Yeah, name. <laughs> he has a name tag on his spacesuit, and um, they're like, "Oh, well, he must be one of the crew members of the the ship." They are trying to figure out, you know, who did this to this poor dude, and they hear footsteps, Mark. and yeah, <laughs> poor Mark, and they hear footsteps, and um, Chev and Grash, um, show up for backup, and. They're really scared, and rightfully so, if their teammates all, like, dismembered and whatever. And the doctor's like, hey, this guy needs a doctor. <laughs> this guy needs medical attention. Um, but they're, like, freaking out because they think that they killed their friend because all oh, their hands are covered in blood and blah, blah, blah. There um, is nothing I hate more than the Vernon Dursley character accusing accusing anyone of murder in any fictional thing. Yeah. Like, you're like, you're standing there, so obviously you did it. No, because that's not what murderers do. Yeah. They yeah, don't kill never... the... They don't kill the person and then stand there and wait for someone to show up. Yeah, like, Adnan didn't wait, like, <laughs> in the car with Hay. Like, yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just Plus stupid. He, yeah, and he like tells him to shut up like five times. Yeah. yeah. I just I really I really hate that that trope. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know why? It's because it's um I, I think you don't like that for the same reason that my trope that I don't I never like is uh amnesia. Oh yeah. For the same reason that I think your thing is, which is that it's it's narrative quicksand. Right. It's yeah. just like wheels spinning in mud. Like, we know they didn't murder them. We know who this character that has amnesia is. And now we just have to wait until the characters catch up to us. Right. And it's like never fun. Right. Yeah. That's why I hate the Bourne movie. No. <laughs> yeah, the, other, the, other, the, other, the other trope I hate is when something could be solved with a very simple explanation and the character refuses to say the very simple explanation. Perfect example of that is anytime anyone found out that Angel was a vampire on Buffy or Angel, they would (laughs) flip out and try and kill him and he would never say, no, it's cool, I have a soul. Yeah, well, because he's tortured an angel. (laughs) I know, but I hate that trope. I hate it. I hate it. And and he's not the only character that ever does that. It's just the one that was like yeah, the yeah. most guilty of that stupid trope. Or like when um 
when someone thinks that a kind of weird character is like a monster. Yeah. Like, you're a monster. And it's like, I'm not okay. I'm not going to stand up for myself. (laughs) Right. Uh, Oh, man. So, um, this guy's yelling at. sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're getting at. So, this angry guy named Grash, and he has Rash in his name for a reason. Um, so he's like, oh, you murdered my friend. And then the doctor's like, yeah, (laughs) the doctor's like, this guy is literally dying. And he checks his pulse again and he's dead now. Yeah. Weirdly, that guy died. (laughs) Weirdly, weirdly, the guy that was just a pile of gooey flesh died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we lost him. So <laughs> the last thing he heard was just these these his friends arguing with strangers, not <laughs> telling them to shut up. Yeah, yeah. The no. last thing that that guy heard before he died was Vernon Dursley being like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up, shut up woman! <laughs> Everyone, shut up! Oh, I'm grass. talking! I'm talking! Shut up! Uh, I'll miss you most of all, Grash." so um the captain is like hey what's going on turn on your you know your police body cameras and um Grash is like no I'm gonna kill this guy because he's like the security officer naturally um and then the captain's like no turn on your cameras and let me see what's going on and they're just like oh our friend's dead and these guys are bloody let's let's kill them and she's like um no that's fine just bring them on board and We'll, yeah. we'll question them, and Charlie's like, oh, thank God there's a woman in charge. <laughs> Brother, thank God there's a woman in charge. I'm Charlie, I'm from the 30s, and I almost died on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so there... <laughs> what is this one sad about? Dog, like, she does that whenever she... <laughs> She has a theme song. She has her own theme song. <laughs> so, uh, the Doctor and Charlie, they're brought on board the Vanguard, and um, Jensen orders um, our friend Ike to uh, take Kelsey's body to, to Med Bay um, and check him out, what happened to him. And Body so, being a loosely used term. Yeah. It sounds pretty solid when they drop him, but earlier it was really gushy. Um so the doctor and Charlie and they're just like, yeah, we're just travelers and we're just, you know, on the ship and we're looking around. And Captain Jensen's like, uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, lies. And suddenly, um, yeah. one of the other, uh, one of the other crew people picks up this weird, uh, transmission, but he doesn't know where it's coming from. And, um, so Jansen orders Grash to scan them for bugs and they find the sonic screwdriver, and they're like, what is this? And the doctor's like, well, it's my sonic screwdriver. It's not doing anything. And no. the, the the transmission's still happening, so Jansen's like, okay, well, I'll hold on to these until I figure out what's going on with you guys. And the doctor sees something kind of moving. Um, I, don't, I can't tell if it's, like, on the ship or in the ship um, or outside the ship, but he sees something moving, and he's like, oh, what was that? And everyone's like, we're not going to, you think we're going to fall for that? And he's like, no, I, I saw something. Um, and they don't know what he's talking about. And Grash is like, oh, maybe they're androids. And Jansen's like, nah, 
that's silly. There's no androids here. Um, and the lights go out, and there's some power failure. And the the doctor's, like, playing Sherlock Holmes, so he's just like, oh, well, let's look outside and see, you know, like, see what's going on with this. So he goes to the, like, the maintenance hatch, and they look, and something's burned a hole into the hatch, and there's scratches that were also outside, um, or, like, in the area of the ship that the doctor saw something. And so whatever, like, broke into the ship has this really high, like, high-focus laser, like, plasma energy death ray, and it melted part of the metal, and it's messing with the uh, the communications and the power, and it's going through the ship pretty quickly, um, so they're trying to uh, figure out what's going on, and the captain gives the doctor permission to, like, go and look with another um, crew crew member, and they leave Charlie alone, and Charlie's like, well, you know, like, I'm sorry that your friend died, but we didn't kill the we didn't kill him because they're still like you know ac- accusing them, and so the doctor like messes around in the the hatch, and then he comes back and he notices that um like one of their backpacks has like a weird scratch mark on it that also correlates to like the scratch mark on the like the hole, um so the doctor's like oh there's is something hitched a ride on your backpack and it's, you know, broken into the ship. And so they are going to reroute the power through the life support cables or some other ship, like, I don't know, jargon. And so, sure. <laughs> yeah, they're going to try and get the power back. Um, and Charlie's like, all right, so when we're done with this, uh, we're gonna go back to the TARDIS? Question mark. And they're like, "Yeah, sure. That's that's what you think." So, um, they go and fix that, and the the systems are back online. But there's like a signal coming from the Star Destroyer, and um, Jensen asks the Doctor to go on the Star Destroyer because she's really focused on whatever is over there, and she wants to figure it out so she can like salvage the ship and be on their way and i guess grash doesn't like this and he like mutinies and he's like i'm in charge now and um jensen's like all right well cool whatever go and fly the ship back home and then they try and start the ship but the engines are dead and the doctor's like well we got to figure out what's going on over there anyway so i guess me and jensen are going to go on the star destroyer and um grash is like well charlie will stay here and we'll like keep her hostage or something and so they go to the just the star destroyer and the doctor is like hey so why did you come over here and she's like well you know this is a lot of money and you know other stuff and the doctor hears a noise and on the vanguard ike and grash kind of discussed the doctor and charlie and ike was like hey so these were the two guys that were in my shop but they didn't say anything so i don't know i don't trust them because they have my back and grash is like well you know we should keep not trusting them because they could blow this whole thing wide open whatever they're doing like they're smuggling and the engines are still unresponsive so they go and try and repair the 
like the main engine, and they make Charlie go down into where the uh, the where there was like damage in the main engine, and they're trying to get Charlie killed, so like it's just easier for them to deal with whatever. And on the Star Destroyer, the Doctor runs into a Cyberman. And the Cyberman's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's kind of, like, gone rogue. And he, like, lunges to attack them. But the captain shoots it, and it falls to the floor. And the doctor fiddles with it. And he's like, oh, this Cyberman, like, was in hibernation. And he woke up all wonky. And now he's just killing people. And um, the captain's like, oh, I thought they were extinct. And the doctor's like, well, apparently not. And <laughs> the the signal that... Um, that we were picking up on the Vanguard is coming from, or it appears to be coming to, like, the, the Cyberman's, like, faceplate. And the Doctor's like, oh, there must be a Cybermat on board, which I, I love Cybermats. Um, <laughs> so, um, the, the Cyberman kind of, like, jerks to life again, and the Doctor's like, oh, shoot it, shoot it, I'm sorry, I was messing with the, the computer bits, and, you know, something hello. happened. Yeah, <laughs> hello, I am awake now. And it's me, your favorite guy. <laughs> so the, the captain's like, well, there must be other Cybermen on board if there's a Cyberman on my ship. And then we listen to some other Cybermen and they are like talking about Cyberman stuff and they revive <laughs> their cyber leader. And that is how this episode ends. Uh, yeah. Um, except that. Their leader isn't finished being restored. Uh, so he wakes up and he tells uh, two other Cybermen to go to the Vanguard while – like to go investigate the Vanguard while he finishes his restoration. And then the Doctor and Jansen, they find um, a locked door and it's connected to some sort of really big chamber. And so they're like, ah, I bet something important's in here. So they, they bust it open and that foul stench hits them and they realize that the foul stench is the rotting corpses of a thousand bodies uh, that are in this room and that it is a cyber control center where they were uh, in the middle of converting humans, the humans on this Star Destroyer, the crew, into Cybermen. Uh, when some sort of ion storm must have caused a um, malfunction that cut the power and uh, stopped everything mid-cyber conversion. And so there's just a bunch of rotting corpses in this room, like a thousand of them. As you do. Yeah. So it smells real bad. Um, and then uh, meanwhile, Grash uh, is – he he. So like Charlie's hanging out with that one guy, and Grash orders him to just let the Cybermat kill Charlie because he's like, "Look, it's it's just going to be easier. Yeah, it's fine. Just Whatever. just let her die, and then we don't have to worry about it. It's not our fault, yeah. and you know it's great." And the guy's like, "I don't. I, I mean, she seems cool. I don't like this." Um. So, uh, he's like, "Kill Char. Ha have it kill Charlie, and then destroy it. But like, don't destroy it first. You know, because yeah, we want on. her dead. Yeah, yeah. Kill Charlie. Right. Kill Charlie. <laughs> and then Grash and Chev, uh, they hear an airlock open and they He's go over like there. Years of War characters, don't they? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Grash, Chev, Jensen. Right. 
Um, Shark man. They hear an airlock. <laughs> they hear street sharks. Street sharks. Uh, they hear an airlock open. You guys and they have biker mice? Biker Vaguely. mice? No. Vaguely. I'm going to Google it. Uh, so, <laughs> so Grash and Chev hear the airlock and they go over to the airlock expecting to see the doctor and Jansen and they find Cybermen. Uh, Chev manages to run away, but Grash gets taken away and uh, is the the Cyberman says to the other one, like, let's put the cyber controller on this guy. Um, and then finally, the cyber leader is fully revived. and He asks about why the delay and they, he, they explain about the ion storm and stuff. And he's like, OK, well, waste not, want not. We got humans on the ship, so let's get cybering. <laughs> and they're like, okay, good idea. We're Cybermen. That's what we do. Cyber's going to cyber. Cyber's going to cyber. Um, so, so yeah, he's like, let's, let's, uh, let's convert these humans. And then Chev, uh, like having run away, uh, goes and he, she finds Charlie and Vol and tells them about Grash being killed by the Cybermen, presumably. And uh, they're like, ah, that sucks. And then security, uh, the Cybermen get secure the security systems back online, and they see two life forms uh, as Doctor and Jensen are sort of like investigating the Cybermen and figuring out what's going on. And they realize they've been had, and are like, "Okay, we should run for it and hide." That seems like a good idea. So they're they're gonna run away and hide. Meanwhile. Charlie realizes that the Cybermat must have been the thing that sabotaged the engines. Uh, they they shut the Cybermat down um, and now they're like making fun of it because they both think it's adorable. And, Which, to be fair, it is. Yeah. And then uh, – and she's like, you know, this is probably the thing that sabotaged the engines. And then Grass shows up and he's like, hey. And they're like, whoa, well, we, we thought you were dead. He's like, yeah, no, I got away. And they're like – did did you you you, you, you killed two kill. that one was never yeah. alive <laughs> yeah, right so he's like yeah it got away and they're like oh okay he's like yeah i killed him uh really and they're like yeah we should just kill them let's fight them and we can kill them they're like i mean that all right sure and then charlie's like ah this is weird guys and they're just like ah we gotta listen to him because he's like the boss because i guess he has a gun yeah. And he said so. Uh, so she's like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't have any – I'm not going to stand here by myself. So I guess I'll go with you guys. And then uh, Dr. and Jansen are in their hiding place for a long time. They're like, why hasn't anyone found us? And they're like, well, let's leave the hiding place because just standing here isn't going to do any good. So they leave the <laughs> hiding place, are immediately uh, attacked by Cybermen, which Jensen shoots and kills both of them with her gun. And the doctor's like – what the hell kind of gun is that? And she's like, a good one. And he's like, okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> um, so then, so then, uh, Charlie, um, Charlie and the and the the crew they meet up with the doctor and and Jansen. They explain what the Cybermen are. Mm -hmm. um, and the doctor says that really cool line uh, about. Uh, they like they like upgrade the soul out of them or whatever it is that he says. Um, 
it's it's a cool line i think yeah like surgically but, remove the soul or something right right yeah it's a it's a pretty good description of the cyberman i like it um and uh Charlie's like, okay, well, I don't like Cybermen, and the doctor's like, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> that's my why third you're my <laughs> least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> After the Daleks and the Master. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Jensen gives everybody orders and is like, you go here, you go there, you guys go there. I'm gonna go off by myself, and they're like, that seems weird. Shouldn't you have up someone? And she's like, no, nah, I got my gun. I'm good. So she leaves. And uh, the doctor and the crew are like, so Jansen's weird, right? Anyone notice how weird she is? She has that gun that's really good. And everyone's like, I guess. And then Chev is like, yeah, you notice that she never has to, like, brush her hair or shower or anything like that? And she's like, Uh, no. And everyone – yeah, everyone's like, no, we haven't noticed that. She's like, well, it's true. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, like, apparently, like, her hair is never messed up, and everyone's like, I mean, look at all of us. Like, we're, we're a mess. We're, we're garbage people. And she's always <laughs> clean, and, and smells real good, and it doesn't really make any sense. What's the deal with that? I think there's an unrealistic standard here. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor's like, hmm, that is weird. Uh, meanwhile, Jensen finds a computer console on the uh, on on Starkiller Base, and and uh, starts looking through it for information on the Doctor. And she finds stuff about where he's from and the TARDIS and all these things. And she's like, hmm, hmm, very interesting. We literally cut back to her like three times, and she just finds one more detail each time. Sure. Um, but uh, that's what happens the whole time, and then. Uh, Cybermen are starting to come through the airlock again, and they're like, oh my god, only Jansen's gun can save us. And they call up Jansen, and they're like, hey, Jansen, only your gun can save us. And she's like, oh god, you guys are so annoying. Fine, I'm coming. You guys are so needy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so she comes, she's like, alright, I'm coming. And then she starts going, and then the doctor's like, or... It is an airlock, so there's two sets of doors. Why don't we trap them between them? And he does that, and he's like, "Ah, see, they're trapped. Perfect." And they're like, "Oh, oh, okay." I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you did that, but I guess you used doctor powers. And he's like, "I sure did." And also, I know that Grash is under cyber control, and everybody's like, "What?" And uh, and Jensen's like, "I knew it. I knew that guy was was a was a dick the moment I meant it. Met him. I'm gonna go kill him myself." And they're like, that's – I mean, why? Why would you do that? Uh, and she's like, because I have this gun. It's cool. You guys know about it. And uh, so she runs off to go go kill Grash and uh, the doctor and the rest of the guys, they start investigating this Garazone space patrol file because they're like, well – there's obviously something more to whatever's going on. So let's do a little investigation. So they start looking into it and they start getting a little bit of information about androids and stuff. And then security locks them out of it and shuts down the computer. And they're like, well, that sucks. And then Chev, who has wandered off by herself, gets attacked by a Cyberman. And she screams. And she screams. So uh, uh, same same cliffhanger twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, 
this is only my second one, but I don't know. It doesn't really like storm warning had some really cool, not cool, but like interesting characters, you know, like I was like, Oh, that guy, you know what I mean? Like, I want to hear that guy again, you know? Right. And I don't know. So far, none of these like space band, like, like space thieves have really, I don't know. I mean, like, not really that strong. Uh-huh. And like two hours is a big commitment for care. You know, a story where you only like two of the eight characters. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I don't think Charlie's been given enough to do at this point, in my opinion. She doesn't have a lot in this story. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially compared to her first adventure. Right. Okay. So, so part cuatro. Um, the doctor asks if, uh, like, hey, are, are androids, like, allowed to be in the Orion <laughs> War? And Ike's like, I don't like what you're implying. But no, <laughs> they were, they were outlawed because, um, well, they started asking for equal rights as humans and we weren't cool with that because we were like, well, if they have equal rights, then what about our equal rights? You know, <laughs> and the doctor's like, you would be equal to each other. And I was like, yeah, but I'm just not cool with that. Like, I like to be more equal than people that are different than me. And the doctor's like, we're talking about something else now, aren't we? Uh, and that I like, and this is, and this is actually what kind of set the Orion War in motion. Is the uh, the doc? So the Orion War ended up being some kind of like f- like the Orion War ended up being some kind of like a cyborg rights revolution. So the doctor asks why the war in the Orion system, and he's like, well, so the androids gave up on the you know they were like, you guys suck, humans suck, you've always sucked, you never haven't sucked, so we're gonna. <laughs> we're going to flee to the Orion system and we're going to, and they gave the humans like a fucking ultimatum except androids is equals or get the hell out. <laughs> get the, get the heck out. <laughs> get out. And, uh, so, so this, we were like, well, that's against the galactic charter where it says humans are the best always. So this means war. So it's been eight years. There's no signs of victory. And the doctor's like, God, why do I hang out with you people so much? And he's like, but, oh, wait, there's something. And then he asks if the, com- he asks if the command computer module is on the Secura scan. And he's like, I think that Jensen is up to something. Speaking of things that aren't androids. Uh, and um, so the doctor and Charlie head off to find it. And then Ike gets a hold of Jensen, and he's like, hey, where's Chev? I heard her scream horrifically, but now I can't find her. And then Ike sees that there are two figures heading towards the uh, towards Jensen. Again, like, I'm just getting super Aliens vibes from a lot of this. Hmm. You know, like, you know, like the scene in Aliens where they're like, they're right on top of you, and there's, like, dots coming, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's what they're going for, it's not executed correctly. What what what's weird is that like I I don't know I don't um 
I I don't I'm not getting alien vibes or aliens vibes because I'm not getting like a Marines like action vibe. Like I'm getting a like a murder mystery in a haunted house vibe from this story. Really? Yeah, that's what I got. Huh. What vibes that's, are you getting, Cass? Um, well, because they're like salvaged like smugglers. It's almost like a like a like a like a grittier firefly for me. Mm-hmm. But like not as good or as yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I um I, I don't I, I don't know what it was about it that got me the the like haunted house murder mystery vibe, but um something about this uh got me in that headspace and I I just I really enjoyed it as a result, but hmm. I don't know. Um, keep going. Like Event Horizon. I never saw that. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Some people, it has a cult following, but it's, I don't like it. Uh, anyway, the okay. Cybermen are like. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. And so the human, the Cybermen are like, we we now have two humans under our control, bleep blorp. And um, the cyber leader is like, use the cyber oh. force. Oh my god, Cybermen would be so much more amazing if they said bleep blorp after everything they said. <laughs> totally. Like if that was their exterminate. Uh, resistance is useless, bleep, bleep blorp. blorp. <laughs> bleep blorp perfection is necessary, bleep blorp. <laughs> they're like, uh, it's like how the, it's like, they're, they're, they're like the Meeseeks. Yeah. They have to begin then in every sentence with, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. Right. <laughs> oh God, man! The doctor should meet the Meeseeks. <laughs> Bleep blorp. Oh, wait, no, well, that's more Mr. Poopy Butthole, man. Yeah, man, I missed that show. So, um, v- Jensen's like, "Come friggin' help me!" And then uh, Vol finds Jensen, and he's like, "Hey, I think Grash is on the move, and I think he's looking for us, and also I think he might be a Cyberman." So Jansen's like, Ike, give the doctor a gun and like, go help, go help him. And the doctor's like, no, nah, I don't like guns. And so he leaves. He just, he, he deuces. So he's like, fine, <laughs> I'll take matters into my own human hands. These two human hands that I own that are human hands. They're mine now. And uh, leaves and like, I'm going to go find the doctor. They find Chev. Chev finds Vol. So Ch- Chev is al- alive. And she's like, hey, I found something. Look at this adorable little thing. And it's a Cyberman. And Vol's like, ah, and she screams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the so the doctor and Charlie find the uh, the computer module, the, like the command center. And the doctor's like, screwdriver. And they activate it and they find more information on it. And then a red light comes and scans the doctor. And he's like, you're the doctor. And Charlie's like, how? How did it know your name? And he's like, well, I guess Jensen's been gossiping about me. Ba-doop-ba-doop-ba-doop-boop. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, uh, the, you know, then he's like, an operation is, is uh, a code name, sort of Orion, has been activated by an Earth security operative. And uh, that, that operative has been given the alias of Captain Diva Jansen. I love that her last name's Diva. Diva Jansen is actually kind of a Star Wars name in a cool way, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So he's like, spill the beans. Literally, he says, spill the beans. <laughs> Tell me about Sword of Orion. And then the doc, and then the I, <laughs> my dumb brain was like, it'd be funny if the computer was like, I have no beans. <laughs> I have no beans, but I have information. Like, oh, good, even better. Uh, so then the computer gets turned off and Jansen's like, well, look who's knocking on my door. And uh, the doctor's like, you're using the Sword of Orion as a way for Jansen to recruit Cybermen in order to get you to win your war against the stupid humans, which is stupid. It's even almost as stupid as humans. And Jansen's like, you're out of order. And the doctor's like, the whole system's out of order. And then I contacts the group. And says, like, hey, Vol and Chev and Grash and all those other amazing names are letting the Cybermen on board. And um, the Cyber Leader is like, go, controlled humans, capture your friends. So, yeah, so they go. So the Dr. Charlie and uh, Diva go back to Ike's location. And Jansen tells everyone to put on the atmosphere suits and get the heck off of this Star Destroyer. Uh, then a Cyberman comes into the room and he's like, bleep Lorp, and Jansen shoots him dead. And the Cyberman's like, no, my last words were bleep Lorp. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the doctor's like, Jansen, explode that wall. And they do, and they, they start floating in space. They escape. Uh, the Cybermen see the explosion and uh, they're like, oh, well, their only way to you know, the only place they can go before they run out of oxygen is our ship, so bleep blow up, bitches. Now we just sit <laughs> and wait. Uh so yeah, so <laughs> oh, okay, we're we're coming. So this part was amazing. So Grash, who have who we've been hinting at is a pretty emotionally unstable dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who who's with Grash? Is is it Jev? Um, it's when this Charlie, happens. right? Charlie. Mm, yeah, and I don't remember. Yeah, so Grash starts like. Do you remember? Have you guys seen Day of the Dead? No. Long, it's been a while, but yeah. Okay, you know that main bad guy when he's like choke on me. Oh yeah, choke. That's kind of what Grash. So Grash just like spazzes out. <sighs> And starts screaming, like, oh, stupid droids. Like, we make you. We make you. <laughs> it's people. You'll all be guilty. And the Cyberman's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> How many movies has he watched recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we're not even going to turn you into a Cyberman. You're so lame. And they, and they kill him and Grash dies. Uh, but it was just, man, that voice actor was really giving it his all, right? Yeah. I just kept picturing him just, like, in the booth, just, like, screaming bloody murder. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they make it to the Cybership Hall, and they're surrounded by Cybermen, and, uh, Jance is like, so, you know, hey, Cybermen, give me your leader, and, or take me to your leader, huh? and, uh, and I'll give you Paul McGann. And the Cybermen are like, with Nell and I, it's our favorite movie. <laughs> Richard E. Grant was brilliant in that film. And uh, the doctor... We don't have Richard E. Grant. We have Paul McGann. <laughs> They're like, well, do you have... Who played with Nell? Wasn't it Uncle Vernon? 
Was it? Hold on, I'm gonna Google this real quick. I think you might be right. <laughs> I think Yeah, it was think Richard Griffiths. He yeah, it was Richard Griffiths. He was like their alcoholic. Um have you ever seen With Nil and I cast? I have not. It's really good. <laughs> it is good. It's rich. It's 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 the great intelligence, the eighth doctor and Uncle Vernon just hanging out. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so and then um, Paul McGann turns to uh, Jensen and he was like, "I'm disappointed in you, Jensen. Very disappointed." And it hit me that like I think the worst thing that could ever happen to me is for the doctor to tell me that he was disappointed in me. Because <laughs> like McGann just really sounds so like, oh, <laughs> I thought you were cool. I'm so, not mad, uh, I'm just disappointed. No, I'm not mad, Jensen. I'm just disappointed. Which doctor do you think would be the most emotionally scarring for you personally to be like mad at you? Definitely Paul McGann. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tennant, oh, maybe. Tennant or oh, Capaldi. Oh, Scott. <laughs> No, absolutely, Paul again. Paul again would make me cry. Oh, <laughs> it could have been Scott and I. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so um, the cyber leader's like, "Ah, oh, sweet, we got that doctor brain now, uh, but we can't return to our home world." And Jansen's like, I'll help you get to your home world, Telos, which as we all know is the home planet of the Cybermen, in exchange for you, you know, being like, you know, if you be our France in this revolution, right? Aid us. You know, be our Lafayette. <laughs> help us out. And the cyber leader's like, okay, humans, go get converted and phrase the doctor. And then Jansen's like, sweet. Well, what about our agreement? And the doctor, the cyber leader is like, what about us makes you think that we believe in like treaties and agreements and stuff. And so the doctor's like, hey, before you do that, you should know that there's an ion storm coming and, you know, that'll disable your, your stuff. And the cyber leader is like, what about, okay, what if you use the power from the TARDIS and conjure up an energy force to counter the ion storm in exchange for release of the humans? And then the ship starts to rumble. And it's like, oh, see, that ion storm's already already coming. He's like, tell us where the TARDIS is. And the doctor's like, release the humans force. And the cyber leader's like, you are so difficult to deal with. <laughs> and then they, uh, but then the cybermen are like, fine. And then uh, Jensen's like, ride. And Ike fires his gun, but then he's shot. Um, and then Jansen is shot. And then Jansen's, like, injured as they try to locate the TARDIS. And she's like, well, everything I say will disappear like tears in the rain. Uh, <laughs> and, the <do> <laughs> and, the, and the doctor's like, wait a second. You're not bleeding. You're an android. And Jansen's like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway. So so she like uses her cyborg stuff to like stabilize her wounds and then she's like I'm a double agent. 
I'm not an ally to the Cybermen at all. I'm trying to obtain details about how to do cyber conversion, so maybe we can do it. And then the Ion Storm is getting worse and worse. And he's like, Jansen, you can come with me to the TARDIS, and I'll kick Charlie off under one condition. <laughs> Erase the Cybermen's, like, web browser history so they won't trace it back to the androids and go after him. And then Jansen's like, deal. And Charlie's like, what? And then Cyber Leader's <laughs> like, all right, nobody move. And she's he's like holding Charlie at gunpoint, which is kind of like a weird Cyberman thing to do. Am I am I alone in thinking that? I don't know. Just like holding like a hostage is weird. Anyway, so uh, the Ion Storm is like now like just beating the ship around, and there's a large hole, and everything's getting sucked out into space. And Doctor's like, yeah, everyone get their helmets on. And uh, Charlie couldn't get her helmet on because the Cyber Leader crushed her life support system. And then just as she starts to pass out, she notices that Jansen takes off her own helmet and gives it to Charlie just as the ship explodes. So Charlie comes to, they're on the TARDIS, and she's like, what happened to, uh, to Jansen? Or the doctor's like, what happened to Jansen? And Charlie's like, she sacrificed herself for us. And he's like, and she's like, you know, it's pretty funny that like, like the whole side, the Cybermen's whole deal was that they wanted to be like better, like perfect. But in doing so, they became monsters. But Charlie was an android who were considered. Or not like, Charlie. Or not Charlie, but Jansen was like an android who was considered second class to humans. And she ended up being more noble and better than the Cybermen or the humans. And the doctor says, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the story ends. <laughs> um... So yeah, I yeah. don't know. I I really like I really like this story. Uh, I I really I really like it. It became something really cool. Like when I realized what it was about, in that like oh humans and androids and like where do the Cybermen fall into that and like oppression and revolution. <coughs> that was all really in like part four was really interesting. I just wish that that had kind of shown itself more in the earlier episodes. Yeah, I think I think the problem with the characters is that they're based on comic book characters that were, you know, their distinct characteristics were probably however they were drawn. Right. Right. Um, and, and so when you, when you take that and put it on paper, it's like, Oh weird. All these characters sound the same. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's ultimately the, I, I'll, I'll agree that that's a definitely a downside is that the characters aren't super great. And honestly, that final monologue, like with Charlie Jensen sacrificing herself and Charlie's monologue about like her 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 observation about the Cybermen is actually to me kind of the only way to tell an interesting Cyberman story mm -hmm. is like how does it reflect upon humanity mm -hmm. and our own pursuit of perfection and what we consider to be like better you know 
Uh-huh. And, and like, it, was, it was funny. Like, in those final moments, I was like, oh, they, that's how you do a great Cyberman story. Mm-hmm. And have them not just be, like, zombie. Because, like, you know, the word, most, most Cybermen episodes that I've seen, granted they've all been in New Who, have been mostly just robot zombie movies. Right. And they're never really saying anything about... I mean, not that it needs to. I mean, I, but... You know what I mean. The, the the first one said something about Bluetooth, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bluetooth is stupid, isn't it? Look how stupid people look with Bluetooth. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Russell T. Thanks. It's about as political as I get. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's sort of a right. Cass, what do you, what do you think overall? Um, I, I, it was a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the first couple parts were a little too convoluted for me. And then by the time it got to like the point, I was like, meh, I don't really care. Um, but I always really, I always really enjoy Paul McGann and, um, the actress who plays Charlie. So, mm-hmm. I liked yeah. it by the end. It, re- it came together for me. Mm-hmm. I think for me uh, it was like too little, too late. Um, like the JoJo song. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, I there's also there's also a larger issue at play, which we won't really get to talk about in comparison until for a while. But Paul McGann does not belong in the four-part structure the way that other doctors do. Yeah. Like when he switches companions, they also switch his format to (laughs) um, single-part 45-minute episodes like New Who. Yeah. And it's it's way, way better. That sounds fun. Yeah. So that's what I said. Like I'm I'm trying to go through and just pick – uh, sort of like a best of of this Charlie era, um, so that we can get to Lucy as soon as possible. So, yeah, I'm excited, Lucy Miller. Yeah, Lucy not, Miller. Not to be confused with Lisa Miller. Lucy <laughs> Bleeding Miller. Cass, do you know much about Lucy Miller? Um, not really anything at all. I've never heard any of the Lucy Miller stuff. Oh my god! And I've only listened to a handful of the Charlie stuff. So it's kind of oh, uncharted man, territory. Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped. Okay. I'm going to go back. I, I think I'm going to go back through my, uh, my Charlie episodes and double check and make sure I'm, I'm, there aren't any clunkers in there. Um, just so that uh, if there are, I'll pull them out so we can keep on trucking. Is the one with the spooky house on your list? Because that's one of the- Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, yes, good. of course. <laughs> yeah. That one was awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that is it. So we'll be back with, uh, The Unquiet Dead. (laughs) 